0: Now presenting And I'm so sick of people saying that that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. The Cinema Chicks Podcast Maybe I'm one of those people that has always wanted to do it, but it's like a pipe dream. Totally. I Snap out of it! Starring Hope Johansson I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And Madeline Rancourt yeah, Call me Ladybird like Christine. you said you would.
1: Hey I'm Hope. Hey I'm Madeline. And we are the Cinema Chicks. Madeline have you watched anything new lately?
0: I have. I recently just watched In the Mood for Love which I know you recently just saw and I loved it so so much. I saw it at the Lincoln Film Center. Fancy. And yeah, I actually i had only been there for the New York Film Festival and going there was so exciting. I definitely need to go back there even though I have AMC Unlimited and I should probably just go see movies there. But you know, I made a I made it in Reason with myself because, you know, In the Mood for Love is not going to be playing at AMC anytime soon, I don't think. So it was very exciting to see it on the big screen rather than just watching it on my computer because after you recommended it, that was my plan. So I was very excited. They do a great student deal. It's only $12 to see a movie there. No way. So I was very happy and actually funny story I was sitting there and the movie starts, and the intro, like all the words were, I wanna say German. And then the movie started, and it was like this German couple talking about coffee. And everyone in the theater was kinda like, um. And like, I hadn't seen the movie, so I was like, maybe this is the intro. Like, I know this is not a German film, but maybe. And then people just started leaving, and a worker came in and was like, um, I'm sorry, we're gonna put the right movie on. So then the movie finally started. It was very exciting. I loved it so much. And I'm so glad that I finally watched it because it's been on my watch list for forever. And I know like back home theaters probably would have never played it, but you know, you can really rely on film at Lincoln Center to bring back the classics to the big screen. So that was a great opportunity. And another movie that I recently watched was In the Heights. I had been waiting for this to come out and I won't go too much into it because we're going to hopefully be reviewing it soon, but I really loved it. And I saw that at the AMC at Lincoln center and, or Lincoln square, I think is what they call it. And that was a really cool experience because it's, A little bit of ways away from Washington Heights and the people that were in that theater had so much passion and energy and just like the theater just felt so full of like people appreciating it if that even makes sense and I just hadn't felt that in a while so it was exciting it was an IMAX the one that I saw and it just felt like people were really connecting with the story and it felt like such like a whole audience catharsis sort of feeling. And I really haven't felt that in a long time since theaters were closed for a while. And then when theaters were returning, it was like, you know, socially distanced and have to keep your mask on and all that. So kind of coming back and seeing like a big blockbuster and being just a couple blocks away from where the story takes place and having a lot of people that were coming from Washington Heights to watch the movie here uh, was really exciting. So that was wonderful. And when the movie ended, everyone applauded. So it's only the second time that that's happened to me, other than like at film festivals where that's pretty much assumed because usually the cast and crew is there and such. But um, yeah, this movie and Jojo Rabbit, both of those I've seen and people have applauded afterwards, which is always exciting because you know you get that at the theater but oftentimes at the movies it's like oh they're not you know the the actors aren't there to appreciate our applause who are we really applauding but it's just that energy that people get like oh my gosh i need to clap for this it was so wonderful so i won't go too much further into detail because i know we're going to talk about it soon but uh what have you been watching Well, it's funny that you mentioned Film
1: Festival. That's actually a fantastic segue into what I just watched because Tribeca Film Festival was doing like a digital streaming thing Um, because, you know, we're still like COVID, post-COVID world, things aren't operating as normal. So I watched a film from the Tribeca Film Festival. It was Suad. It's an Egyptian film, which I have seen a lot of Middle Eastern films, uh, but never one specifically from Egypt, because that's not necessarily a huge film market there. But Honestly, it was it was really really good. Definitely fits like the the global art cinema, you know, tropes. It's very cinema verite documentary style. Now I'm going into very like film theory terms. <laughs> I apologize, but it was it was really cool. Coming of age story, which I love. I can never get enough of. Um and it also had a massive social media focus. I mean, it was almost oh. like social media, or at least our phones, the digital world was like another character. Oh, I love that. Because the the main character, Suad, is her name, also the name of the film. She leads like a double life mm. online. Um, she's living in, you know, a very conservative egyptian traditional culture but then online she's you know exploring sexuality and trying to build her own identity which she can do through social media so really interesting very fascinating loved it so yeah that's that's what i've watched besides the film that we are going to talk about today which
0: is false positive Oh, yes, I have been waiting to talk about this because oh my gosh, it was just so interesting and different. It's an A24 movie. So of course, I mean, we're huge fans already mm-hmm. going into it. And it is directed by John Lee and written by John Lee, Alana Glazer and Alyssa Nutting. And it is starring Alana Glazer,
1: Justin Thoreau, and one of my most favorite I I can't even say actors just like men of all time Pierce Brosnan that man can do no wrong in my book even though he was
0: a horrific
1: villain in this film I was still like damn
0: Pierce but Um, weren't all the men in this horrific film
1: (laughs) I I, yeah I mean the, the men in this film were just a little icky but like for the a fantastic purpose. Oh yeah, and I, I didn't mind. No, it felt
0: very real. <laughs>
1: I mean no comment, I guess. <laughs> but no, it was it was insane. I had never pictured Pierce Brosnan as a villain. I didn't think that was necessarily something he could pull off, but holy crap, it was insane. The whole film in general is insane. So um let's get into it because
0: there's no better way to talk about yeah, it. I know. Let's dive on in. Oh my gosh. I, again, I talked about this with pieces of a woman, and I don't know why I so drawn to like movies about pregnancy, but I think it's such an interesting way of navigating a female story because for a lot of women, that is a big part of being a woman. And also Alana Glazer's character brings that up. She, in the beginning, is having trouble getting pregnant and she says like it's so frustrating how the one thing I am supposed to do as a woman I can't do and I think that's a thing that a lot of women struggle with and playing with this whole idea of Alana Glazer's character not being able to get pregnant and having her husband and doctor sort of figure it out for her like oh we're gonna we're we're gonna get you pregnant and don't you worry about it Mm. and all of this it just felt like she was very hushed and like, don't worry, you're going to get pregnant. You're going to have your child that you want. The details don't matter. We're going to figure it out for you. And I felt like their actions were justified through that. But then as it unravels, it's really horrific. So that was something that I really appreciated about this. And as the movie goes on, we learn that, you know, Alana couldn't have a child and they ended up getting in with this doctor who her husband knew because he had practiced with him before, I think in like medical school. So that's how they basically skipped this doctor's wait list. And when she joins a expecting mother's group, they're all pretty jealous of her that she was able to get in with this doctor, Dr. Hindle. And we come to find out that maybe they shouldn't be so thrilled for her because... It's yeah. I don't know how to get into it. It's very it, horrific.
1: Yeah. So so basically, this this Doctor Hindle man has invented his own form of a pregnancy technique that's like a a combination of ivf but also something else and and yeah all all we know really is that they're in this very sterile futuristic like clinic and and whatever this man does works and lucy played by Ilana Glazer, becomes pregnant. Um, But she's pregnant with three children because apparently whatever he did, he's like, oh, well, you know, like we just made it like really potent or whatever. Like that's what happens when we do this. Ha ha, it's fine. But because you've had such a hard time with your pregnancy, like it's probably not a good idea to keep all three of them. So we should do a selective reduction and you could either pick these twin boys or you could pick the singular girl which is such an insane concept
0: and like i i, I don't know it's just very bizarre and she has trouble with this decision too it's not well, easy for be? her to decide and if she decides that she wants to have the daughter name her Wendy she has strong connections to Peter Pan that's what she wants to do and that's what she believes that they do is that they decide to keep the female embryo and throughout her pregnancy, it really, and this is accredited to the editing and the acting and the writing. Cause honestly it, it, she has these hallucinations and she has these moments where I didn't know as an audience member what was really true. And oh what my was God. happening. It <laughs> made were, me go a little crazy.
1: There were many, many points in this film that I was like, "Who am I and what's happening?" It, w- it was so bizarre, but I, again, it, I think aided in the horror aspect. Of all of this. Yeah. And oh my gosh. Speaking of the horror thing though, I found it so interesting that they used like the mommy brain hallucination as like a a weapon, a Against her. Right. Oh my gosh. So,
0: such an interesting concept. I want to know who came up with that. Right. And that felt very much like the hush hush of, don't worry, we're going to get you pregnant. You're going to have a safe pregnancy as long as we do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, just listen to the men and they'll keep you safe. Ew. And also this like, we're educated about this. We know what we're doing. And, And not leaving Lucy, the character that Alon Glazer plays, not leaving Lucy any room to be able to have these very natural questions about what's going on with her body and her child. And like, oh no, you're just thinking this because of mommy brain. And oh, like you're having these issues because you're depressed. And oh, this issue and that. And making her really feel like this was all her fault and that she was kind of going crazy, which I've seen a lot in the medical field where... Of course I don't want to bash on doctors. Many of them are great, save lives, but where somebody feels as if this is happening to them and they almost self-diagnose themselves and the doctor pushes it aside as, "Oh, nope, you're depressed. Oh, no, you have, you just have you're anxious. You have anxiety. That you're thinking of this. You're working yourself up." Yes. And it's very very sad to see especially in terms of pregnancy and carrying another life. Ugh, it's hard. Yeah, it's really interesting. And then
1: it's the fact, too, that it's not only her husband, Adrian, and Dr. Hindle that are doing it, but then it's also the women who work for Dr. Hindle are like, no, like, you just need to relax and smile. And then it's even one of her close friends too from the mommy group that she develops a great relationship with. She's like, you know, you're fine. It's just mommy brain, everything's okay. So then it's like the entire world is starting to conspire against Lucy, which is scary and alienating. And it's like, you know, there's foreign things happening in your body. And then like the world around you isn't looking... The same anymore. And she's also trying to have a career and and be a successful career woman and not sacrifice everything she's worked for just to, you know, still have a family. So it's a really insane moment in time kind of thing. And the longer the film goes on, the more I'm questioning like, okay, is this actually what's really happening right now? Even if we're not getting any like clues into it being a hallucination or something. I'm like, what's real? What isn't? Who knows what? Like a little bit of mystery a little bit of horror not a little bit of horror a lot of bit of horror I I spent I sat there for literally 90 minutes just uncomfortable
0: in a good way yeah no I agree it made me not so uncomfortable that I was like I can't watch this it was like gripping enough but it was like almost like a train wreck like yeah I want to keep watching because where is this gonna go but I don't want to watch but I do and all the hallucinations hallucinations were so shocking like she has this dream that her husband Adrian is having sex with the Dr. Hindle and then she wakes up and it was just a dream and she has these dreams about this other lady Grace who she was watching videos on her website and she wants to go to her instead of Dr. Hindle and that's sort of hallucinations and not real and as an audience member I was like Mm, I don't know what's actually happening. Like, am I watching a hallucination? They're just not telling me. Which was very interesting and I enjoyed. Uh, it made it a little bit more confusing. It, but it also put us in Lucy's perspective. Rather than watching it from the outside, I and mean, being like, oh, poor her. I genuinely felt lost with
1: her. Yeah. And I'm sure that that was the intent, too, behind all of it. I think at some points, though, it did just get, like, a little too confusing to the point where I was like, Wait, did I miss something? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't I don't remember leaving. Like, what am I what am I missing out on? I feel like sometimes I was I was left out of the the inside joke, yeah, or whatever. But again, this is all from Lucy's perspective. Lucy's our protagonist, and clearly, if I can't tell what's going on as watching it from the outside through her eyes, then she has absolutely no idea like what planet she's even on.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it, it was it was hard to watch because for me watching it and being confused, I was like, oh my God, like how does this person feel being confused about what's going on with her body and her child and how this all unravels and eventually gets to the point where she is giving birth and she finds out that She's giving birth to the twin boys rather than the female baby that she thought she was going to have. And that, like, all along we knew that Dr. Hindle and her husband were kind of going against what she was saying. But the fact that they made this choice for her was disgusting. But also an interesting commentary on what we've been seeing for God knows how long about in Congress and... Planned Parenthood and with all of that of like men making these decisions on women's bodies or women making decisions on other women's bodies, just this whole discussion on letting the person make their own choices and her completely losing that control because she's in a marriage and it's a good doctor and she has to just trust it and all that so even though this was a horror, I really appreciated the like topical issues that it was handling and these sort of discussions that it opens up about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I what she's going through, I can't even imagine all your pregnancy, you, you've been living a lie. And it's not just over now. Like now she has to deal with this and she has these children that she wasn't expecting. And it's not to say that she didn't want them because of course this selection was not easy for her to even begin with but she was completely blindsided and it was really heartbreaking to see but I appreciate it because it seemed like a heightened version of what we see now and I mean god forbid I hope that this sort of situation does not exist but it seemed like Hmm. some of these points are familiar, and this is just a heightened way of looking at it, which I think is what, you know, great cinema is. So I really appreciated that.
1: Absolutely. And also because this premiered at Tribeca, Mm. it it very much fits into the film festival tenant of critiquing society and bringing up important social issues without bringing up the important social issues. I mean, this wasn't like a uh, women's right film or anything, but because of the content of the film, like you were saying, it opens our eyes to, okay, I know this is like a weird futuristic horror thriller film, but there's gotta be some truth in all of this, you know? And that is what makes it even scarier. And especially the fact of like, not even knowing what's happening within your own body is bizarre i mean like i also don't know what what it's like to be pregnant obviously yeah, yeah but i feel like if if you are pregnant like you would
0: know if there were two babies yeah instead she of one seemed large towards the end of her pregnancy i was like wow but i feel like don't
1: you also like feel them moving i don't know yeah. this is again this heightened. is just from what I've heard from other people, but I, yeah, I don't know. Very,
0: but again, bizarre. that could be blamed on the the mommy brain. If oh yeah, if the she's mommy like, brain. there's two children. You know, if she had these questions, I'm sure it was just pushed aside because that's how all of her questions were treated. And oh uh, yeah, I don't. I would think she would know that she's having two kids, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure how that all. That all went down, but she's clearly I mean,
1: she's she's upset. She's I don't wanna say disappointed, but I mean it's also the fact of like nine well two years they spent trying to get pregnant and Mm -hmm. then the past nine months of of being pregnant and having this one image of what your life is going to look like in mind and that being completely turned on its head and no one even being sympathetic towards her or understanding where she might be coming from so yeah then we we get into this next section of the film. Which is another thing too. I feel like it's a little disjointed. Yeah, I felt like In a sense, it's a bit of a disjointed film. But also, maybe
0: that's just the way Lucy's feeling? Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like everything that's wonky, you could be like, well, Lucy's feeling pretty... So maybe yeah. that's why the film feels that way. But I don't know. How much can you just pass off as that? <laughs> exactly. So so we're,
1: we're post-birth now. And we have discovered that Adrian and Dr. Hindle are merging into one new office together, which is, you know, like a little sus. So Lucy is obviously very suspicious of this, especially after finding paperwork earlier that she's being studied through her pregnancy and all this stuff. So she goes back to the office. She finds Dr. Hindle and finds her placenta and the reduced embryo of baby Wendy that she thought she was going to have. And the the two of them get into this like heated argument discussion thing where Dr. Hindle reveals what his actual technique is for mm. uh, his successful practice. And <sighs> it's that he uses his own sperm for all of his patients oh my god because he believes his genetic makeup is uh, superior is top notch and works. Um, he yeah so so basically dr hindle's whole practice is just um his children yeah he's he's making more of himself by, uh, artificially raping women, which fun, I guess quirky. Uh. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that also just goes to say, um, how highly men think of themselves, which is absolutely so funny. <laughs> like it was- no I- knew this was a comedy mm-hmm. uh, Like, uh, for a split second. I was like, this is horrifying and
0: ridiculous, but also like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) And it it reminds me, I don't know if you remember, I had mentioned uh, forever ago that I had watched this documentary on HBO Max called Baby God. And I almost feel like this was inspired by that because it's a true story. It's a documentary, of course, where this doctor had this fertility center office sort of thing and he did the same thing that dr hindle did not with the whole like pick a child but artificially inseminating his patients with his own sperm and there's a lot of children out there now that are his and that documentary follows them and how they found out wow i don't look like my father and then once they figured out one woman that that was her case then they found, oh my gosh, nearly everyone from this office is the doctor's child. So I feel like that must have been inspired by this real life story. And uh, it was interesting to see sort of like a fictionalized version of that, seeing I've seen that documentary and was very intrigued by the, the topic and disgusted by it. And it makes it even more scary because I think somebody would see this and be like, oh my God, it's so fake. But that really does happen and it's disgusting and it makes me very mad at men right <laughs> i know i know and like <sighs> not all men well <laughs> no excuses
1: for men exactly and pierce brosnan breaking my heart it's fine yeah. but um yeah so we we get this revelation lucy obviously is enraged Dr. Hindle is like, okay, now I've told you my dirty secret. Now you can't know. So he like fills up this vial to Mm -hmm. like inject her. And then they get into a full out brawl. She beats the crap out of him. She smashes the sperm refrigerator. She drugs the creepy looking nurse. Dawn. Dawn. There's blood everywhere. She walks out of the office, bloodied and powerful marches home, looks at the twin boys, and honestly I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to throw them out the window. Oh no, she's not going to throw them out the window. But then she takes them to the window and they float away, yeah. but then they come back. Yeah. Oh, like, that part, I really did not understand. Was an when they illusion. came back, I was
0: like, did I miss something here? Like, <laughs> like, they
1: they flew out the window, like in Peter Pan. Yeah. Which was bizarre. another Another hallucination for her. I, I thought I was high. Oh. I was like, what? Well, there's no way this is real there's no way which it wasn't so then she does not throw the babies out the window instead she gives them to adrian and is like leave now both of you leave my apartment now which was fantastic and yeah. i was like snaps for you baby you you did it and she meanwhile she's still covered in blood, blood literally oh my gosh it was insane There's was- more blood in this movie than I was expecting. same. Yeah. A lot of
0: blood. But like not, I mean, I guess in that point it was like in a killer way, but like not every second it was like that. It was just kind of like, it's not like your typical gory horror film. Because no. like in some places it was like, okay, it makes sense because she's pregnant. So obviously like, in in some ways I appreciate that because I was like, yeah, it's what a birth looks like. Like a lot of movies, <laughs> the child comes out and is like perfect. Yeah. But it's like icky. So I appreciated that, but... It was a lot of blood. And didn't we see in the beginning of the movie her all bloody? Yeah. Yeah. So this was
1: like a recall. Yeah.
0: So I I appreciated that. And then when it happened and she was walking and she was all bloody, I was like, oh yeah, that was at the beginning. And like, look how far she's come. So that was kind of like a cheerleading moment. I was proud of her. She, you know, in no way gets her justice at all or revenge. But it was a nice moment to see.
1: It was. And then we get the final... (sighs) The final shots of the film, you know, she took her um, reducted baby from the office, right? And and then she's, after Adrian and the boys are gone, she's just, like, holding this fetus, like, in the palm of her hand, and... Oh, God. I don't even... (laughs) I'm apologizing now for saying what I have to say, but just to to wrap up the whole bizarre experience, she then tries to breastfeed the baby, which then it comes to life. Which is a hallucination. Which I honestly- But we're never told that. No, this this is from- from uh, Wikipedia is telling us that it's a hallucination. But honestly, I would have believed that it wasn't a hallucination. I thought I was just like, okay, now I'm just officially very high, I guess. I. It, it, Weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That is yeah. going that image is going to be burned in my brain. I'm just worried
0: about what the protesters outside of Planned Parenthood are going to do with that image. Mm. Like I'm actually scared mm. because I'm like please don't <laughs> let them see this movie. Please don't let the pro-life people see this movie. Yeah. It's going to it's going to spark something and I don't want to know. But that is a A testament of a good film is, you know, sparking heated conversations, I suppose. uh, Agreed. uh, Yeah, when she was feeding the embryo and hallucinating that it was still moving, I was like, oh, gosh. This is something that the pro-life people are going to use outside of a Planned Parenthood on their posters and pitchforks. But, you know.
1: But, you know (laughs) what? It it was what it was. The film ended, and I didn't know how to feel after it. I still don't know how to feel, Madeline. I am... I am in shock. I am in disbelief. I'm
0: uncomfortable. (gasps) Definitely uncomfortable. I'm scared of men. I am (laughs) terrified of of
1: doctors. But I also want to watch it again, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. I texted one of my friends and I was like, can you please watch this? Because I need to know what you would think of this. And they responded and said they're going to watch it. So I'm waiting. Lily, um, if you're listening, I'm waiting for your response. (laughs) But, um seriously wild wild time felt like a roller coaster didn't know where it was gonna go and neither did lucy which i appreciated wow it was a crazy time and that's a wrap thanks for listening
1: to today's episode everyone you can follow us on instagram at the cinema chicks
0: and on tiktok at cinema chicks and if you want to be friends you can follow me on instagram at madeline daisy rancourt and on Letterboxd at madeline daisy Or you
1: can follow me on Instagram at Hope Johansson and on Letterboxd at H. Joha.
0: And before we end, we'd like to thank today's sponsors.
1: The Dig In Lunches that
0: were mentioned every day at work. The two cameos from some of my favorite theater actors that were in Slave Play. I wish we could have seen them more. They are The Waiter and one of her co-workers. And Scary Films from Female
1: Perspectives. Thanks for listening.
0: So glad we had that talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much.